Hi there, this is Jim the Keys Bartender. And if you're not familiar with the Keys Bartender podcast, this is a podcast about bartending and Keys life. You know, I guess I always think about the the Keys life part, but since I'm in the Keys, I guess I'm talking about life in the Keys and I'm calling from the Keys. Since we're that I always mention to people and say, Well, why do you what do you like so much about living in the keys and the keys people call paradise and all that stuff and i think it's it's beautiful certainly beautiful down here and you have the lovely waters and stuff like that but it doesn't negate that there's other beautiful places all around the world right there's hawaii there's bali there's god there's martinique there's colorado there's canadian rockies there's the alps there's italy there's the Atlas Mountains in North Africa. There is uh, the Himalayas. I'm, I'm trying to pick just some of the old cities of Europe. All this stuff. You know, beautiful vistas in South America. Wherever, Machu Picchu. Beautiful places to be. Well, I happen to be in Key Largo. And people say, well, the thing about the Keys is... They, when they haven't been here, they think you're into keys, you're into keys. But you got to remember, it's 120 miles straight with not a lot going on left and right. When I say straight, straight down is left and right instead of saying east and west because it kind of trails off and bends. So we're just uh, 43 islands connected by just connected islands going all the way down. And each one has a different characteristic, slightly more so, some are more so than the other. Key Largo is much different than uh, Amarada. Amarada is much different than uh, Marathon. Marathon is much different than Key West, right? Where you get, you know, they go to varying levels of kind of tourist things. Like Key, Key Largo is heavy on day trippers and boating people, people that bring their own, own, own boats, as you go further south, there's less people either have their boats down there, they live down there with them, or they rent or use someone else's. You know, there are people that bring their boats all the way down. But, you know, Key Largo is a place where a lot of people put their boats in the water and they start out here. What I like best about it is that if I have to go somewhere else, I'm about an hour from the airport, if there's no traffic. If you have to go to Miami, you have things to do. It really kind of sucks when you're in Key West and people say, hey, you know, there's an airport down there, too. Yeah, but it's not always just about going for air traveling. You may have to go to a doctor. You may have to see a specialist. And if you have to see a specialist, if they're not in Key West, you're going to have about a three, three and a half hour trip going to Miami. So that's not the only thing. And, you know, sometimes you need to pick up things. There, you know, nowadays it's much easier getting things delivered, but that's just the way it is. You know, just you you can order some things, some things you got to pick up. Some people don't feel comfortable buying your shoes online or their pants because it fit. You know, you just got to fit. You got to try it on. But, you know, you can always, if you're patient, you can always try something on and then send it back if it doesn't fit, right? So that thing's probably set. But the doctor... You know, if you unless you do a remote call, you can do one of those, especially for like things that are heavy on the verbal exchanges. 
Meaning if you're talking to someone and you don't have to, you know, be there at the time, like for uh, a psychologist or, or someone that maybe describe what they have and a doctor can prescribe something and stuff. But sometimes they have to be there, do tests and stuff like that. And that's a pain in the ass when you have to go there and especially when you have air travel. If you're not comfortable paying double the price going out of Key West, which it costs a lot more, smaller airport, specialty airport, that's the way it is. So I like being close and I like going to restaurants and stuff like that and all the activities that they have in Miami without having to make it a major, you know, because there's very, very few day trips you plan for a three hour travel, right? Unless it's really important. You're really important. You're going to go and you want to take whatever time it takes. But you don't want to have to do that, right? It's nice being closer. And an hour fits, hour and 15 minutes. You know, with traffic, sometimes two hours. But if you're traveling to Key West, oh, that's a pain in the ass um, getting stuck in traffic. As you would any place else. But that's what I like most about the Key Largos. We're so close to the mainland. And uh, being close is handy and stuff like that. Also at a bar, let's say, how I make the segue to this. What tools do you need to run a bar? No, certainly can order everything off of Amazon, so it doesn't matter if you're in the Keys or you're someplace in Schenectady, right? In uh, New Jersey, right? You're going to use a lot of similar tools and you can get them in the same places. You can order them online, you can wait two, three days, however long it takes to get that stuff, or you go to a bar supply store. The basic bar thing I always say to people is say, you need bottle opener, you need a wine key, a mixing cup, shot glasses, measuring shot glasses, a strainer, and a long spoon with maybe on the flip side of the long spoon, a uh, one of those forks that you can get your hold of your cherries and your cocktail olives and things like that. That's basically everything you need right there for 90%. Now, if you're going to make frozen drink, you're getting in the blenders and things like that. But there's a million different things you can add. You can add espresso machines and things like that. I'm talking about the basics. You got your bottle opener. And you know what? When I say bottle opener, get a can opener too. Because some of this bar supplies you have, you need a can opener for. So you have those bottle opener, wine key, shaker, spoon fork thing, strainer. And obviously, you know, with all those things, you uh, we use in a basic bar, use your mixing cups. You usually use a, a pint glass, a pint glass that you would use for beer or some of your bigger drinks like Long Island iced teas and things like that. <clears throat> so these basic tools that you have, when you when you say, how do you pick those things and how important are they? They're there for 95% of the things you need. 95% of the things you need. Now, every so often you need a muddler. A muddler. So if you have mojitos and things like that, but if you go for mojitos and old fashions, yes, a muddler would be good. But there's other things you can retask as a muddler. Anything that has a rounded edge would work. Think about it like an apothecary muddler, one of those, uh, I think it's called a pestle. No, maybe it's not called a pestle. But 
what you're doing is mashing with it. You're mashing with it. Not too hard. Some people, when they do it, they really mash the hell out of things like that. It's just there to, you know, break up the the fruit, you know, or the sugar cube. Just to, to break it up. Not to really... You're not, you're not smashing it in the smithereens into the essence of what it is, right? It's doing little. So you have all those things. You're ready to bartend. That's it. That's it. Obviously, you need support items like mixers and uh, ice, glasses, whether you use um, you know, recyclable straws and things, things like that, straws that are... And napkins that degrade quickly. All those things, accessories after those items are, are not necessarily essentials. They're things you need to put finishing touches on. But you can get almost all the things done with that. And if you have them, you can move ahead with making drinks. That's it. That's it. And people say, well, there's so many other things you can have. Yeah, you can add those, but you got to have those basic items first. Have those basic items. And it's good to have a redundant, redundant one. You don't want to have one wine key, one bottle opener, one this. If you need, you know, if you lose one, you need another, right? So there's things you want to not only have as a basic, you want to have redundant one. All these other things that you have, you have one of them. When the blender's broke, the blender is broken, Right? Usually don't have a backup blender. Some, you know, some places are comfortable, you know, with the backup blender. We don't have a backup blender. But then again, it must be a good blender because I've been working here for years. It has yet to broke. The mixing cup is broken, but not the blender. And I love saying that when people come up and say, can you make a so-and-so? Like, uh, can you make a seven and seven? And I'll just go, the blender is broken. And fortunately, you know, Hopefully, the person realizes that uh, a 7 and 7 is not made with a blender. There's no process in there without a blender because it definitely makes them think they've been making the drink the wrong way their whole life. Oh, I like a whiskey neat, a bourbon neat. I'm sorry, the blender's broken. And they'll just, it usually sends them a contemplative. They're really self assured. They go, You don't need a blender for that. And go, The way you make it, maybe. I always like doing stuff like that. It keeps them on their toes. Speaking of being on your toes, since we talked about all those ingredients, got that done early. You got to think about how people living in this culture and running into, you know, tourist destination. You got to think about, I see when people come in, I see, wow, uh, sometimes we get to people, they really fall in love with the restaurant and they come in all the time while they're here. Let's say they're there for four days. They said, this is our favorite place. And they said, wow, you know, we made an impression. If someone's there for four days and they come into dinner four days in a row, I'm like, wow, you're just eschewing all these other places that you have to go, which I am all for. But I'm not necessarily that kind of person where we go on vacation, stick, stick to the same place, unless they come to vacations all the time there. And that's what they like to do. I've had people like that. They come in for a week out of the year and they spend the whole week at our place for dinner, which is great, which is great. But I also noticed that some people, uh, how they pack their clothes when they're on vacation. 
If they have sleeveless t-shirts, normally they have four sleeveless t-shirts. Someone does not, it just, it defies. It's just when I see them pack, and when you see a guy with a sleeveless t-shirt and a woman wearing a cocktail dress, I go, wow, these people do not coordinate how they pack. You know, first of all, sleeveless t-shirt, maybe more fitting for wearing a cocktail dress in our place. I'm like, wow, I've seen people put it on. I said, it just doesn't doesn't fit there. And it's in the Keys too. There are some places you wear a cocktail dress in the Keys. Not It's more for Miami though, I think. But it's interesting how people choose that. And especially like this, when you see the high heels shoes and stuff in the upper Keys. In the upper Keys, I would go with sandals. You know why? They got P-Rock. They got that gravel parking lots and stuff like that. I'm not a experienced person walking around with high heels. Matter of fact, I may have been a little kid and you know what happens, you know, someone says, hey, try to walk around in this thing. And like, I don't know if I even tried to do that because I had a hard time just walking around anyway in regular shoes. I would never think about just going in uh, wearing high heels. I mean, that's, that's just... Yeah, regardless what these people think and say, you're a kid walking around with high heels, you got a little problem with your identification or your sexuality. I'm just talking about being able to walk. And coming to Key Largo and having a whole shitload of um, high heel shoes, you are definitely, you're like, would you take them? It's, it would almost be akin that if you were in the mountains and you were gonna do a little rock climbing or go into a ski area. Oh, high heel shoes. You're gonna go outside with high heel shoes? Really? There's, there's 12 inches of snow outside. Your stiletto heels are going to go into that snow and you're gonna be buried. You know, it just doesn't, doesn't make any sense here. So packing, you have to pack for where you're going. If you're going to Seattle, pack an umbrella. If you're going to uh, Amsterdam, pack an extra, well, I was going to say an extra bomb. But, you know, if you, if you do go in there, you got to be wearing, it's a bicycle-friendly culture, right? So you should think about the kind of clothes getting around. You're going to be getting around in clothes that are more comfortable, let's say. You might be using a bicycle if you're one of those people. And walking. If you're in a walking city, you got to bring walking shoes. Right? You got to dress for your destination. So I'm packing for a wedding. I got to figure I'm going to one wedding that day. We mean one wedding, meaning I only need one suit. I don't need a backup suit. I did bring a backup shirt, though. I don't know why I did that. I did that because. I'm going to have to rethink this because I'm not going to change shirts halfway through. I'm going to keep the shirt in my hotel room. And what's that going to do for me? Am I going to go home six miles and change my shirt? Summertime, right? I mean, once I put a suit on and stuff like that, those pits are gone. I don't know if it's because of my age or anything like that, but you know what? I got to go out and do some cardio. That's what I got to do today. I got to do a little extra cardio. So I raise my heat tolerance. So when I'm going to, uh, when I'm wearing a suit in church, I feel it, I feel it. But I'm in Florida. I should be able to handle that, right? 
I should be able to handle that up north. So one suit, one pair of dress shoes, two pair of dress socks. Why two pair of dress socks? I just realized that now. I don't need two pair. I'm only wearing it once. So I'm going to get, you know what? Just talking to you now, I realized I overpacked. Overpacking, you may think, is not as great a sin as underpacking. Right? Because what, I mean, for some people, hard to fit people and stuff like that, you need to bring the clothes that you need. Like if there's a possibility of swimming, you need one bathing suit. I pack two bathing suits. I may not even come in contact with one. I may not even go into a pool. I need one bathing suit. That's what I got to do. I got to get rid of that other bathing suit. And that comes from me thinking about what I need. Now, I'm going to be traveling by myself. So I don't need um, the fancy underwear. No, no, I do need the fancy. I always clean underwear. Always clean underwear. Pajamas. Just one pair of pajamas, right? Because sometimes, I don't know, I'm staying in decent hotels. You know, in other hotels and stuff like that, it's almost like when you go into a hotel and you don't have the checking for the hotel. It's just like you don't even want to... I've stayed in some hotel rooms that were so bad, I wanted to burn everything that I had worn in the hotel room just to get rid of, you know, if there's anything in there. I'm just saying, oh my God. I want to go to one of those... um, Silk, if you ever seen the movie Silkwood, I would want to go to one of those things where you take the big brush mop and scrub you down. It's these disgusting rooms and stuff like that. You strip them of the, the, the sheets and stuff like that. You just want to live on a sheet. You, you got the sheets. The sheets are more, most likely to have been washed other than the comforter. I want to touch the, the comforter with salad tongs and move it off to the edge. You know, just... You never change the filter on the AC and stuff like that. You know, it's a non-smoking room, but it smells like it was uh, the air filter for a poker game uh, that's been going on for 20 years. Just smoke dust all over the place. This, I mean, if you're a smoker, I apologize and stuff. I used to be a smoker. But yeah, these people, it seems like they're just... I told you about my trip right before it was the summer. It was the spring, before, uh, the year before my father passed away. And I stayed in a hotel room that was, um, God. And it was pretty bad. I had assumed it would be worse because when I was checking in, there were like 20 people in the lobby giving, oh, the poor hotel clerk, you know, the, the bath, you know, the toilets were, they said one of the toilets was jammed with towels. Um, you know, it, it was filthy. The, the sheets weren't done. I'm like, I guess when someone has a problem and, the, you know, when you have substandard facilities in one place, it's going to be substandard every place. You get what I'm saying? When you're staying at a, a place that's known for its cleanliness and all this stuff, they're more, let's say they're on top of their hygiene. So, Let's get back to the clothes, packing the clothes. So I'm staying in a nice place so I know I can open up my uh, open up my luggage. I don't have to worry about any microscopic critters jumping in. Or I don't think about it as much because, it, you know, depending on, you know, something can look clean, it doesn't have to be clean. I don't want to get all any of these people that are fastidious by nature 
to overthink that like I'm overthinking it, right? But yeah, I'm thinking about what clothes do I need? How many pairs of underwear? Am I going to have the opportunity to wash anything? I always like that. Whenever if I'm going to visit with relatives, they always say, you know, Jim's kind of creepy about this. Whenever he goes someplace, he always wants to do a load of laundry. And, he, and we ask him if he has, does he have enough clothes? Is that the problem? He goes, no, he doesn't like to take dirty clothes back. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't like taking dirty clothes back. I, like, I don't leave it behind. But what I do is I like washing it. And if I have access to, um, I, if I'm going for someplace for four days and stuff, I'm kind of thinking in my head, I'm not going to be washing anything. Now, if I'm going for two weeks, yep, this is a good chance. I might, if they got laundry service at the hotel, I may go and say, hey, listen, here, drop this stuff off just so. I mean, I just really want it. Um, my, my dream is to pack just enough. Everything I need. And I use everything. And that's it. I mean, I could travel so much lighter if I did that. I'm figuring right now, I got about 8 to 10 pounds of stuff I don't need. I'm packing. I packed two changes of exercise clothes. I'm going to be there four days. And I'm thinking, well, yeah, four days. I'm thinking I'm going to work out. Time. Yeah, I'll probably get there a little early, so I go and use the gym. I'll use the gym for a couple hours, maybe t- if they have a, I think they have a pool. I'll go and use the gym for a couple hours, work out a pool, and then I'll go and visit the family. Boom. I'll be ready. I may even go out to eat something. I'll just be silly. I love it. I love this stuff. But I, if I can use every item, and then I think, oh, why I'm working out and stuff like that. I'm going to have to wash that clothes. I'm one of those guys who go do an all-night laundry. And I know there's a laundry right around the corner. I used to live in the town we're going to visit. It's a nice nice hotel, university town. I'm staying at the nicer hotel there. I've stayed in a bad hotel there. My wife still gives me shit about it. You know, how do you know? How do you know when you're showing it? I mean, now I know I got to look at the uh, ratings. And look at how many ratings there are. And what kind of ratings there are. How many? What kind of ratings? Uh, does it look like it was planted ratings and stuff like that? If this is the best Western or something like that, is it highly rated best Western? Because they these some of these hotels, they're owned by private individuals. And the family comes in and run it. Usually, unless it's like a bed and breakfast, some of these family-run hotels are oh, the bottom of the barrel. Some of them, bottom, some of them are great. Some are great. I'm not going to piss off those people and stuff. But I've been to a couple. I've stayed one. And you know what? I've been down in Key West. I'd have to say most of the hotels down there are pretty, pretty, pretty good. Even the ones that are basic. And they're, you know, they get to be expensive, especially since COVID. Um, I'm thinking about shooting down there for a day. But maybe I shouldn't because then, I mean, Key West is definitely... It's fun, but I mean, it's a trigger for me with the drinking thing. And I'll talk about that at the end with my drinking. So here I am, I'm packing myself. I'm going to go back into there and take a look at my clothes. And I'm going to say, well, I don't need this. How many of these things do I need? I know I'm going to be wearing clothes there. If I can, you know, once I get in there, get like another uh, small load of uh, clothes washed after I got on my trip, like the first day, I may be able to get rid of a bag. 
You know, I don't need three pairs of shoes. I need dress shoes. I'm here, I'm holding up fingers. I need a pair of dress shoes, a pair of walking shoes, which my lovely wife bought me for father and daughter bought me for Father's Day, and sneakers. Because I want to work out. And why are you saying? I'm always attending to work out, but maybe one out of three times I work out when I'm on vacation. I'm going to do it because I sleep better. I sleep better at night. I'm going to work out hard that first day and get a good night's sleep. Good night's sleep. Maybe, you know, that's to how excited, uh, how exciting a life of an almost 60-year-old man is right now. Going on vacation, he goes, oh, all I want to do is get one good night's sleep. Yeah, well, I'm going to try that. It's just like I go on vacation. I'm just sitting there looking at the ceiling at the end of the night. So here I go. I'm going to go and do that pack. I'm going to um, attempt. I was thinking with the idea, why don't I pack uh, my laptop and do the podcast from there? You know what? I could do the podcast with my cell phone. I've never done that yet. I've taken some excerpts. But I think I'm thinking I'm going to do that. I'm going to record a bunch of audio and and do it this time. I'm going to do it this time. People say, Jim, you never follow through with that. I will follow through on this one. I'm telling you, I'm going to do follow through on it because I actually just started. I just started uh, using that. They have new edit tools on Spotify, so I'm thinking I'm could work out pretty good and see how it is. I'm besides uh, doing my. Uh, well, I said I got to walk my sister down the aisle because she's, uh, did I say that? I said on a previous episode, I'm going on a trip, I'm walking my sister down the aisle. She's the mother of the bride. Her husband's obviously walking the bride down, so there has to be someone. So, And uh, there's another idea I have to wrap my head around. The other idea is that I'm the oldest male member of the family, the oldest carrier of my name, my last name. So that, that's a unique, I, I remember being one of the younger ones, one of the younger carriers of the name. And there being two other Jim Hurrians when I was very young. And then for the longest time, there was another Jim Hurrian. I was little Jim. Now I'm big Jim and there's no little Jim. So I guess that's gonna be a different perspective. We're talking that during the podcast. Big Jim, Little Jim, that's probably a good topic for it. But and, and how to entertain yourself when you're not drinking at a wedding. Can you do anything stupid when you're not drinking? I mean, what happens? What's the implications? People go and say, well, listen, you know, did you see what that guy did? He got up with the band. He was playing the tambourines and stuff like that. And he was pretty bad. He was singing. Oh, that's your uncle. The uncle of the bride. Oh, he must have drank a lot. No, get this. He hasn't had a drink in years. Is he on major medication? I don't think so. Not that kind of medication make you go and do that. Well, he's he's just fucking crazy. So you don't get that break. You know, at least that, you know, at least that time before. You say, well... You know, he, he does, you symbol, you put the thumb up to the mouth and the pinky out. And like, he does a little of this, you know, drinking. Tippler, a tippler is term. Or drunkard, a sot. Drunken uncle, whatever you want. I'm not that. But I think I might be weird, the weird uncle. I could be the weird, creepy uncle. I don't want to be that too. I'd like to be the cool uncle. 
I'd like to be the cool uncle, and I think I have. Uh, I'm, I might have a shot. Yes, a shot of being the cool uncle from Key Largo, who doesn't drink, who uh, is wearing a real bow tie. You know, a real bow tie. And everyone's like saying, why do you wear a bow tie? I'm thinking, for some reason, I think it makes me look a little smarter. Or makes me a member, look like a member of the Nation of Islam. Or like uh, William F. Buckley. You know, it's a sharp, sharp person, right? I just got to learn that the tying, I tell people, is not necessarily the wearing of the bow tie. It's at the end of the night. The only thing I like about the bow tie at the end of the night is that when you unpo- you pull the bow tie out, the bow tie's hanging. Kind of reminiscent of the Rat Pack. Of course, they, do, they were doing it with tuxedos. You know, real bow ties with tuxedos. When everyone knew how to tie a bow tie. Now, you some people don't know how to tie ties. Take this from a Catholic schoolboy. You know, we know how to, most of us, that's the one thing you do learn. You don't learn a lot in Catholic school. But you do know how to learn to tie a tie, unless you only go to the grade school and then you just have the, the clip-on tie, which I always thought the clip-on tie was a probably safer for you, safer for you when you're in a restaurant because someone wanted to grab you by your tie and try to choke you and stuff like that, and you grab your tie and it just breaks off and you go, what are you going to do now? And then they punch you in the face. But the bow tie, like I said, the bow tie at the end of the night, there's nothing for some reason in my Mind in my mind's eye, one of the coolest things to do at the end of the night is to pull that one end of the bow tie and just have the end. And it's not like a regular tie, so it doesn't hang all the way down. And then people say, Hey, at the end of the night, they go, I thought that guy was cool, but now I know the guy's cool. Check out, he has a real bow tie. This is Jim the Keys, bartender. I'll be back again. I guess maybe next week. I'm going to take a little break right now. When I say break, a break until I come back. Maybe I'll publish when I'm away. Who knows? I may have time. Maybe I'll, yeah, maybe I'll have one to do before the wedding on Monday. So I'll talk to you later. Bye.